Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, June 1st, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing, Adiolia Jr. And joining me is Gamertag Radio's Paris Lilly. Paris, thank you for joining me. Yo, thank you for having me. And this is quite the honor to be on here. I'm very excited for this. So thank you. Yeah, it's super awesome to have you on. For people who don't know, who is Paris Lilly and what is Gamertag Radio? <laughs> Gamertag Radio is a long-running video game podcast started in 2005 by Danny Pena, a.k.a. Godfrey. So much love to him. Uh, like I said, we just celebrated our thousandth episode back in February. And, Congratulations. Uh, we, uh, appreciate that. Thank you. And uh, we cover we cover video games, everything. Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, PC, ColecoVision. It doesn't matter. We, we talk about video games and uh, we try to do it in a very fun and unique way. Dude, that's super awesome. Uh, 1,000 episodes. That's crazy. Is Gamertag Radio like the oldest video game podcast? Have you guys, do you guys have that honor? Technically, no. I know there's a couple other podcasts that are still around. So shout out to like Orange Islands Radio as an example. They were around because, you know, back in those days when podcasting was brand new, I, I would search on gaming forums. And that's how I found Gamertag Radio. I was a listener. And then just uh, I reached out to Godfrey one day when I wanted to get into uh, podcasting. He helped me out a lot and uh, we became friends and I joined them in 2013. And uh, it's just just been a, a great brotherhood ever since. And if people want to listen to Gamertag, where can they find it? Oh, we're everywhere. Uh, you can go to GamertagRadio.com, obviously, and find our feed. But uh, we're on iTunes. We're on uh, Spotify. Again, if you want to go to the Vetrex media player, your favorite RSS feed, you'll find Gamertag Radio. We're everywhere. Awesome. And of course, we've wanted to have you on the show for for a while. But yeah, like things things in the world kind of got crazy. I know GDC, yeah. we had plans. Uh, and I think we had plans with with colleagues and quite a few people. But it's been it's been super weird lately. But this week especially, uh, we wanted to have you on. Uh, Greg hit me up over the weekend and was like, "Hey." This week is crazy. Like there's there's stuff going on in the world. Everybody's aware. Uh, you know, a lot of injustice is happening, and we want to do our part uh, in representing Black voices. And so Greg was like, "Hey, what if we had you host every, uh, talking to me? What if we had you blessing host every single day this week?" And just got got on a bunch of Black voices throughout the week. And you were one of the first names he brought up, and I thought that was that was excellent. Uh, and so thank you for joining me. Uh, of course, later this week people, people can expect people like Khalif Adams, uh, and I'll. When we when we get to the end of the episode, I'll re, I'll read the list because people are going to be hype to know what names uh, we have coming through. But let me actually ask you this because, like I said, there's been a lot going on over the last week. How was your weekend? It was rough. It, it it's been a tough week, uh, especially over this weekend. Um, thankfully, my family specifically, everyone is safe and well taken care of. But I'm just looking at what's going on in the world right now, and um, there's just there's a lot of pain that that's mm -hmm. happening, um, obviously, with the protests. And now we're seeing the looting. We go back earlier in the week to uh, what happened with George Foster that started all of this. And it's just clear as a people, we need to come together. And obviously, there's been mm -hmm. hashtag Black Lives Matter because Black Lives does matter. Um, but it goes beyond that. It goes beyond just me as a black man um, living in this world and everything that I've had to endure. Um, over the past 40 plus years, it, it goes to today and and something I saw uh, on Twitter, which honestly brought me to tears. It was two black men. One was in his 40s, one was in his yep. 30s, and they were arguing about what to do. And then they brought up a 16 year old uh, kid as well. And it's like, he's the future. It's not about me. It's not about those two gentlemen that were arguing. The, the issue is 
we have to break this cycle that we're in right now, this cycle of just hate and not loving each other. Because I look at my kids, I, I have three kids and I want them to not have to go through what I'm going through right now mm -hmm. when they're my age. And, and that's the thing that we need to figure out is how to break the cycle of hate and violence so we can all just come together as a people and, and just love each other. Bottom line. Yeah. Yeah, no, I 100% I agree. And I think the thing for me that like legit brought me to tears this weekend uh, was on Friday, uh, my friend Youssef Magid uh, of Ubisoft, the homie, he made yeah, a tweet talking about uh, uh, Black Lives Matter. And there's been the, the Minnesota uh, bail fund that people have been sharing around and donating to, uh, which has been super awesome. And he made he made he made his tweet talking about how like yes it's awesome that we're supporting the the minnesota fund uh we should also donate to international international organizations like black lives matter uh in order to kind of to, to spread the charity spread the wealth uh have more of a targeted approach as far as how we're we're donating how we're giving right and i saw that and i was like dude that's great that's an awesome idea i'm gonna i'm gonna donate 30 dollars to that and i quote tweeted that with a, with my 30 dollar donation and over the weekend like in a in a in in a in a in a way that I'd never like expect the the kind of funny community to show up right the kind of funny best friends uh and Twitter at large right as far as like the people within our circles so many people retweeted that matching the donation upping the do donation legit throughout the whole weekend uh to a point where like it's still it's still going on right like I saw I saw a, at least around like a hundred tweets of people retweeting donating giving money to Black Lives Matter. Uh, and making their making their voices heard and making their their um or ex express expressing themselves in a way that made me go like wow like I can't I can't believe I am I'm seeing this happen uh and a lot of that is the kind of funny community and so I want to give a shout out to the kind of funny community for that I I tweeted this this weekend and I'm echoing it today that the the last weekend is the most proud I've been of this community I've been part of the community since since the 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 channel launched right since uh since the name kind of funny was adopted right back when it was youtube.com slash game over greggy and they changed yeah. it right like i've been i've been with the commu community since then uh and to see to see the support that has that has been given over the over the last weekend uh for a cause that matters right it's been fucking crazy to see and so shout out to everybody uh absolutely absolutely love y'all uh and yeah let's get into the show of course uh today's Stories include the final batch of the Last of Us Part Two previews, Xbox Series X being on track, and more. Because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live, right here on Twitch.tv/KindOfFunnyGames. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to KindOfFunny.com/You're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on YouTube.com/KindOfFunnyGames, RoosterTeeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be a part of the show head to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show uh, housekeeping the ps5 event is happening this thursday we'll be reacting to it live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games at 1 p.m pacific time with a post show discussing everything revealed so don't miss it tune in for that it's of course going to be a great time or a terrible time if like nothing gets announced but i don't expect it to happen it's gonna be a good time yeah uh also uh well actually before i get to also uh paris are you, are you looking forward to that playstation event 
Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm very excited to finally see the full. I'm not sure it's not going to be the full reveal, but to actually see the PlayStation 5. That's what I'm expecting. So we can see the hardware and then just get the showcase of games um, that they're going to unveil. So it's very exciting time. Next gen's getting ready to kick off. Yeah, man. Is there is there a specific game you're looking forward to? Horizon Zero. Dawn. Oh, yeah. You're in that camp. Huh? You're in that if camp. That is at launch. I just. I take my coin purse and just throw it at the screen and just please let me pre-order it so I can get a PlayStation 5. Yeah, I'm Shut very excited for that. Yeah. No, same here. Same here. Um, of course, again, that's happening this Thursday, 1 p.m. Pacific time. Twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. Uh, also happening right after, right after that is the great big kind of funny course dream. Um, after the PS5 reveal event post show, Manicore Games will join us on Twitch.tv slash kind of funny games to announce the winners of the kind of funny game jam prizes. Uh, Andy and Greg will, will then hang out and play the winning games. You can enter now at kind of funny.com slash game jam. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Mohammed Mohammed, Connor Nolan, and Blackjack. Today we're brought to you by Brooklinen, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Oracle Report. It's time for some news. We have four stories today. A Baker's! Starting with our number one, The Last of Us Part 2 final previews are finally up. Uh, of course, PS Love You XOXO went up today. Uh, that's a day early because we did a, we did an episode that was focused on previewing The Last of Us Part Two. Of course, Greg has the game. Greg's been playing the game, um, and finally, uh, because the embargo the preview embargo lifted today, he was he was able to talk about it uh, or talk about the specific section, uh, a specific section in the game. It was it's the same section actually that was showed uh, during that last PlayStation State of Play, uh, where it is like Ellie infiltrating. Uh, infiltrate infiltrating a building uh, where she like where she takes out a person playing Evita. Um, yeah, we got to talk about that on the show. So go to PS Love You XOXO on your podcast services or on youtubecom games if you want to hear Greg's preview of that. Um, but for today, for Kind of Funny Games Daily, I pulled together uh, quite a few snippets of previews from different sources. I'm going to start off with Simon Cardi at IGN who writes this. In my time with The Last of Us Part Two so far, I've discovered that if one thing is certain, it's violence. It doesn't, it, it doesn't want you to necessarily play it like a traditional stealth game as you go through the streets, but actively engage in the action and become a violent participant in its world. As I make my way through the park, I manage to isolate one enemy uh, and grab them through the undergrowth. I then proceed to stab them in the neck as the camera hangs on both our strained facial expressions. My victim's eyelids poetically make their final few flutters next to the butterfly now, now tattooed on Ellie's forearm. There's no time to reflect, though. The multiple bodies hanging from street lamps serve as a good indicator as to why. I cautiously press on, keeping my ear to the ground and my finger on R1, as listening mode paints white enemy outlines onto my vision. As... As one approaches, I swiftly craft a silencer for my pistol using a rag and a canister and a familiar but more streamlined crafting menu that offers many more options than the first game, which directly influences your chosen playstyle. I then proceed to make my first mistake. I carefully aim at the onco- oncomer's head and pull the trigger just after they make a sudden, sudden step to the left. Clearly alerted by the bullet that whizzed past, past their ear, they begin to look in my direction as the sound of Ellie's heartbeat intensifies and a droning tone gets louder, indicating I'm on the cusp of becoming exposed. Just before that moment, however, I manage to successfully hit them with my pistol as the splatter of the headshot brings, brings a sudden end to, uh, to the drone. The gunplay in Part 2 feels majorly improved on the previous game's efforts, with every pull of the trigger feeling hefty and purposeful. I'm thinking a poll here from Edmund at or Edmund Tran at GameSpot, who writes, 
<clears throat> the melee combat feels incredibly good, but it's hard not to wince when you slam a machete into a person's shoulder or take them down with a knife to, to the side of the head. The damage modeling is satisfying, but there's always going to be a shock when someone's head shatters from a rifle shot or someone's skin gets melted by a Molotov cocktail. And then when enemy, uh, when the when other enemies, when other enemy characters cry out the name of the guard dog you just exploded in front of them in disbelief, it's hard not to feel like a bad person. Whether this approach translates well to the rest of the game is something you'll have to wait until June 19th to discover. And then lastly, I'm going to pull from John Lindman of Digital Foundry. I know those two, those two snippets that I just uh, read had to do with like the violence and the depiction of it. Uh, Digital Foundry takes more of a technical approach here. Preview coverage for this title is a little tricky. While we've, played the, while we've played the game, what we can explicitly comment on is highly limited, and the only assets we can share from this slice of the game have already been shown on last week's State of Play. But what we can confidently share is that, put simply, The Last of Us Part II does not disappoint. From a technological standpoint, there's a clear path of progression from The Last of Us Remastered through the still-stunning Uncharted 4 and often-overlooked Lost Legacy, right up to this latest Naughty Dog showcase. However, just as the last was saw, saw the Naughty Dog engine evolve over the the, nation, the Nathan Drake titles uh, on PS3, so we see a very different aesthetic in the Last of Us Part Two, with the emphasis on indirect lighting again coming to the coming to the forefront. Joel and Ellie's story takes place in a world where most areas of the game are are illuminated only by sun, with only select environments seeing any other form of lighting. The way light interacts with, with the rich geometry and the high-quality materials is first class, producing some beautiful but often bleak results. The sheer density is also remarkable. This is the world reclaimed by nature, and accurately portraying organic elements isn't easy, especially when the sheer amount of grass, foliage, and trees in any given, in any given scene. Paris, are you looking forward to The Last of Us Part Two? first of all? And then all, how, also, how do these previews strike you? Yes, I am. And and I'll caveat that by saying I was spoiled on The Last of Us mm -hmm. 2 with some of the things that leaked. And I, it lost a little bit of the luster, but that state of play absolutely re-energized me into wanting to play this day one. It was incredible. And as you're talking, uh, going through these previews, just hearing the descriptions of of what the gameplay is going to look like what this world is going to be um i i, I call the brutality it's beautiful brutality is what mm -hmm. what i saw in that state of play if that makes sense and and it excites me coming off of the original game and knowing that how incredible that story was and to seeing a continuation of that yeah i i'm excited man and, and if i can say just one last thing before we continue it ironically enough excites me even more for next gen because look this is on the playstation 4 and, oh yeah and, and and it's it's stunningly beautiful the environments that naughty dog was able to create and this is on the old hardware so just imagine what they're going to be able to do when 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 the new hardware drops uh later this year so yeah i'm, I'm very excited for the last of us too yeah in terms in terms of what we what we're getting from all these different previews right like simon cardi from ign and uh edmund tran are very much highlighting like the graphic nature of it and how the game very much kind of immerses you into all like all the fucked up stuff that's around in this world. Yes. Um, and like that's that was the conversation that like came up on PS I Love You uh, that, that went up today. Like I asked Greg, I was like, hey, do, at any point, does it feel like it's too violent? Because like from the state of play, right, like when Ellie grabs the, the girl holding the Vita, right, and then stabs her in the neck and like you see like her like, you know, grab her neck and try to like, you know, keep the blood from flow from flowing out like 
there are like some very graphic scenes, right? And like they're describing them here uh, uh, in their article. But Greg also made the point of like, yeah, I think I think a big part of that is like along with the world of Last of Us being a violent world, the technology is just getting to a point where like, you know, like when you look at Naughty Dog as a studio, what they do well uh, a lot of the time is animation and like yeah. is like the ways the, the ways in which the characters move, the way the ways in which like um, uh, if every movement from the characters feel feel natural right along with like the um um like high fidelity on the character models and so like i'm i'm playing through the last list right now and i'm i'm about halfway and i've had some silent i've had some violent scenes come through where it is like stabbing and it is like um uh when you get like your your bat weapon and you and you can um add like a shift to it to make it so that like you get like the one hit kill um like every time i do that i'm like okay yeah like that's super violent but this is like PS3 era violent, which doesn't feel like it's anything crazy. But yeah, now like we're we're looking at the power of the PS4 toward the the very end of the generation, and it's like, dude, fuck, like, yeah, people are really getting stabbed. Like people people aren't just getting stabbed; people are getting stabbed. Um, yeah, the the yeah. one the one scene in the state of the play that that really had me excited, and I, I was live streaming, and I was just jumping up and down during the live stream is. And I call her Vita Girl. I don't know what else you want to call her, but when Ellie has Vita Girl and has mm-hmm. the knife to her neck, like you said, the animations, like she was emoting fear. Like oh, I yeah. could see the fear on her face of what was about to happen. And then, you know, the encounter happened and then she thought she had the upper hand and Ellie wound up killing her. But but the point was, look at how far the technology has come. And they're able to do this now at the end of the generation with the PlayStation 4. And it's so exciting. And then even when you were talking more about just the violence of this world and is it too much? I don't think so. I, I, I'm very happy that Naughty, Naughty Dog is able to treat us like adults and understand that we're, we know this isn't real life and to show the brutality of this world for what it really would be in, in this type of situation. Um, so, yeah, it's it, it looks outstanding. Sure, I got a little bit of it spoiled. It's it's not going to mm-hmm. hurt my experience at all, I think. So yeah, day one, I'll be picking it up and playing it. Yeah. And to the point you were making earlier too, I can't I can't wait for what the PS5 version of this game looks like. Because you imagine you imagine that's going to be a marketing point for them. Oh, Might man, not yeah. be this week, uh, during the, the PS5 presentation, because I assume they still they still want all gears toward the PS4 version of The Last of Part Two, but down the line, maybe at the end of the summer, maybe toward the lead up to the actual release of the PS5, you imagine there are going to be trailers for the PS5 with The Last of Us Part Two being a part of it, and probably Ghost of Tsushima being a part of it. And I wonder, like, I wonder what those improvements look like given the new new platform. Um, I'm very, I'm, I'm very curious to see also, like, when we get the game on PS4, are there going to be any like technical uh, limitations that are evident, you know, by the PS4? I know. Uh, quite a few games lately. You look at you look at Control. You look at um, I want to say Jedi, Jedi Fallen Order, but but I think that was just mainly like them not ha- being able to finish developing that to the point that they they probably right. wanted to as a studio. But I feel like there are quite a few games now that we've gotten toward the end of the generation where it's like, okay, yeah, this this game is starting to feel or these games are kind of framey. These games seem like they're pushing the technology to a, to a point that it uh, it can't it can't handle. Naughty Dog, you know, building the game up. I mean, building the game from the ground up for the PS4, I don't necessarily expect to see issues anywhere near the levels of uh, control or even like Jedi Fallen Order or anything like that. But I'm curious to see, like, as we're playing it, I wonder if there are points where we're like, hmm, that texture could look a little bit sharper. Right. But obviously, right. but obviously, the yeah. PS4 can't uh, can't do that at this point. I wonder, I wonder then, like, 
if the PS5 version of this game will be like a definitive, definitive version of The Last of Us Part Two. Very excited. Would, to see. Yeah, I would expect so. You know, like like you said, I, I'm sure they're not going to talk about that stuff right now. But down the road, you have these two huge games at the end of the PlayStation 4 life that you can bring over to PlayStation 5 with enhanced versions and really, you know, showcase them to their full fidelity. So, yeah, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. excited for it. Again, uh, head to PSLVUXOXO. Uh, me and Greg talk about this game for like, I think, probably like an hour for probably like most of the episode we're talking about the last of last part two and previewing it uh so go check that out if you want to learn and hear more story number two xbox series x is on track for a world worldwide launch this uh this holiday this comes from james bachelor at gamesindustry.biz and this is also coming after uh i believe it was last week where we heard uh, the same exact thing from playstation from jim ryan and so i'm pulling this from james bachelor at gamesindustry.biz Head of Xbox, Phil Spencer, has reiterated that Xbox Series X is still on course for a global launch this Christmas, despite the, despite the dis- disruption caused by COVID-19. Speaking on Talking Games with Reggie and Harold, a podcast co-hosted by former Nintendo of America president Reggie fils uh, Spencer said that the platform holder is unlikely to, to delay its next-generation console into 2021. He said the company just completed its latest hardware review last week and feel good about the supply chain required to launch the console. Quote, it feels like we'll be able to get enough units, he said. We're pretty committed, as we've talked about, to a worldwide launch, which regretfully we didn't do with Xbox One. It took us months and months to hit some of the incredibly important markets. Worldwide launch is important to us, end quote. Spencer previously stressed the importance of a worldwide launch and expressed regrets over the staggered rollout of the Xbox One on another podcast earlier this year. Paris, do you buy it? Yeah, I do buy it. And, and I'm going to do a shameless plug right now. On, on our episode 1000 of Gamertag Ready, we had Phil Spencer on and, and we got to talk to him. And I pretty much asked him this question because I focused it on Japan and some of the mistakes that they made over, you know, over the history of Xbox is in that, Japan. Is that the podcast they're referencing in this story? Is your episode? It, it might be. Look, hey, it might be. I, rem- I remember talking about this earlier in the year and I think we might've been talking yeah. about your podcast. Yeah. 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 But he, he admitted the mistakes that they made in Japan and, and it really goes into them doing the, the staggered launch and not launching everything globally at the same time and like i said he used japan as the example and it just makes sense with the series x if they're going to be on time with the hardware and covid didn't didn't stop production yeah get everything out to the world all at once the hardware obviously they've committed to some of their services like game pass being you know ready globally um project x cloud things like that so yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited for it again. I, I I just love gaming. Period. So it doesn't matter if it's Xbox or PlayStation. So yeah, it's it's good to see that Xbox is going to be ready to go with whatever their lineup's going to be as far as games, and then obviously the hardware is going to be available this holiday as well. Do you think they have a a chance to actually make waves and make rip, ripples in Japan? Like I know, like Xbox historically hasn't had the best <laughs> Japanese pre- uh, uh, presence when it comes to actually selling uh, consoles uh, in Japan. Do you think a worldwide launch, you know, might help towards actually fixing things? Or do you just think like it's just not the market for the Xbox? I'm going to be bluntly honest and say, I don't think so. Um, I really don't. I know they're going to make the effort and that's what you have to do. But Japan is such a fickle market. And for Xbox to try and basically come in at this late stage of the life of the system. I knew my dog was going to bark. That's okay. Um, It's a good one. I, I, I just... 
it's it's going to take the games. They're going to have to have games that cater to a Japanese market that people are going to want to play. And then obviously they're going to have to leverage, you know, their services like Game Pass and Project X Cloud, along with the hardware to give Japanese gamers an incentive to to want to try their product. But it all starts with the game. So, I mean, I really hope when July gets here, um, they they have a showcase that caters to a Japanese audience. And I know there's been all these weird rumors about maybe they have a partnership with Sega or something. Yeah, like I was gonna, that. I was going to bring those up because like the rumor I saw this weekend, which is absolutely bonkers, and I don't yeah. believe it for a second, but <laughs> I, I fucking love the idea that this is a rumor is that, yeah, like there's some like there's some sort of partnership going on between Microsoft and Sega. And in Japan, they would release the, the Xbox Series X as the Sega Series X, which, again, fucking never happening. But never I just happened. love the idea. I, yeah. lo- I, I love how, how I, I just love the idea of that happening. Like, that'd be fucking hilarious. But also, like, really, like, a, a, a cool kind of um, comeback as far as, like, Sega is concerned as a console. It it, it feels and I'm old. So this feels like something you would have done in like the mid 80s, you know, when like Atari and Coleco and all that stuff was around where you say, hey, foreign market, I know you don't like this label. So we'll just use one of your labels, but sell you the same thing. No no one's going to buy that. So, yeah, that that's what a crazy rumor that uh, it's it's fun to speculate on. But there's no way uh, Microsoft and Sega are going to partner to do something like that. Now, I could say, because we, we speculate about the, the Sega stuff all the time, I could see some kind of strategic partnership with Sega where maybe some of their back catalog winds oh, up, sure. it come, comes to Game Pass, as an example, which again... Oh, yeah. I mean, Yakuza, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that makes sense to me. But yeah, rebranding the Xbox as Sega in Japan, no way. They're not going to do that. Yeah. Um, if that did happen, that'd be fucking hilarious, and I'd be all about it. Just from how ridiculous it would be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like we're at a point now where you know you talk about like it happening in the '80s, right? And like that that it feels more appropriate for that time. Nowadays, right? We feel we're more we're we're way more global in terms of you know how we're able to communicate and how we're able to like like we know what goes on in Japan. Japan knows what what goes on overseas. Like you're not fooling anybody by changing a name to from Xbox to to, to Sega. Um, and I think. Both Microsoft and Sega know that, uh, which is why they probably wouldn't even consider this. But once again, fucking hilarious rumor. I'm all about it. I'm all about it. Story number three. Could we be getting Prey VR? I'm pulling this pulling this from Jordan Alleman at IGN, who writes, uh, a listing for an unannounced Prey VR has been found on the website of UK retailer Shopto. The page, which seem, which was seemingly taken down after being discovered, suggests that the game would be exclusive to PSVR. Following the original link to the listing now results in a 404, but Twitter user Nebelian managed to grab a screenshot prior to its deletion. If the listing wasn't made in error, it's, it's currently unclear what form the supposed game would take. Bethesda has a prolific his- recent history with VR games, uh, previously porting VR versions of its tentpole, tentpole games such as Doom VFR, uh, Fallout 4 VR, and Skyrim VR. It may well be that Arcane's Prey is getting a similar treatment. Prey has already had a had a VR outing in the form of of Typhon Hunter, a PC slash PSVR spinoff uh, spinoff from the main game, where you can solve puzzles inside of VR VR escape rooms and enjoy a multiplayer game mode similar to Prop Hunt from Gary's mod, uh, where players can mimic inanimate objects. This shop to listing appears to be distinct from Typh- Typhon Hunter, however, which. Uh, yeah, it appears to be distinct from Typhon Hunter, however, which was which has stoked a lot of interest from fans of the base game. Um, Paris, is is Prey your jam at all? Are you into Prey? 
Uh, a little. I mean, I'm, I haven't been a, a huge fan of it, but I, I have played like the the late the last game that came out, and it, it was enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a VR version of that coming out would would be ideal. It would definitely help stoke the fires of getting more adoption into VR for sure. Yeah, I wonder what their strategy would be here too. Like, I feel like out of all all of Bethesda's library, especially like if you look at arcane games, I would have thought that like Dishonored might have been the go to. Yeah. Over- yeah. Um, and I wonder if that's just like a, a gameplay thing because Dishonored has you teleporting all over the place. And I know like that. Well, actually, no, now that I think about it, I feel like that would work, as, especially for VR. <laughs> I was going to say that might be too much, but that's actually how a lot of VR games, um, that's actually the method a lot of VR games use for movement in general. Um, and so, yeah, I'm going to stick to that. I think Dishonored probably would have been a, a um, Dishonored could be a, a great adaptation for VR, uh, which makes me wonder like why they go the, the prey route or if it's just like one of those things where they might want to, boost the name of prey because prey didn't necessarily come out and be a it, it it didn't necessarily um uh light the world on fire when it came out right like it right. didn't like really it didn't really have that big breakthrough that a lot of other bethesda bethesda games have uh do you how what's your what's your uh belief level in this do you do you think that this this assures we're going to get prey vr I think there's definitely some believability to this. It, it wouldn't be shocking. It makes a lot of sense because um, if if I can say this really quick. So I've really not experienced VR because I've always been a stickler that I'm going to wait until VR 2.0. So I never got a PlayStation VR really adopted any of the early stuff. Um, and I was saw a game like Half-Life Alex, and I go, that's it. That's the game. That This is now VR 2.0. This is mm-hmm. something I want to adopt. So I, I was fully committed to getting a Valve Index and getting Half-Life Alex, And then obviously COVID happened. And I said, uh, maybe it's not smart for me to spend this money right now. So I, I, I've held off. But I think Half-Life Alex is the catalyst that's going to get more companies to say, OK, we need to invest more in VR. Obviously, I'm assuming PlayStation 5 is going to have some type of PSVR 2.0 coming out. So. Mm-hmm. I do think this is true because I do think publishers like Bethesda and others are going to look at this and go, okay, what titles can we take and basically convert it into a VR experience and have it ready for, for all the new people that are going to be hungry for more VR experiences that picked up half-life. Yeah. I mean, it lines up with their history, right? Like the article, the article highlights the fact that doom VFR is a thing. Fallout 4 VR is a thing. Skyrim VR came out like Bethesda's never shied away from interacting with VR um i don't think we've gotten like a very recent vr game from bethesda and so like i think it's a little bit surprising to see this popping up out of nowhere um but you know like i'm i'm curious i'm curious to see what form this takes because even though i say that like prey didn't have prey wasn't a breakout success prey still does have like that cult following and that cult audience that really loved that game um and so yeah like i'm i'm curious to see what form this takes if it is indeed true Story number four, and this is our last new story of the day. Uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield news is coming tomorrow. This is from Joe Scrabbles at IGN. Uh, we'll get more details on Pokemon Sword and Shield's expansion pass tomorrow, June 2nd at 6 a.m. Pacific. Revealed in a tweet by Japanese Pokemon by the, the Japanese Pokemon Twitter account, no details were given of what could be revealed. However, with the first expansion for the latest Pokemon games, the Isle of Armor, due to arrive by the end of June, it seems likely we get a release date. The Pokemon Sword and Shield expansions will include the Isle of Armor and the Crown Tundra uh, due this fall, and each will add a new open area to explore. They'll also add a new legendary Pokemon, new regular Pokemon, new Galarian forms, and dozens of returning Pokemon that were previously unavailable to catch. 
Paris, are you are you a Pokemon person at all? Do you play Sword I, Shield? I am not, but my kids are, so they will be super excited for this. Um, they will be all over this. So th- th- this is great news to see this is coming. Awesome. Are you? Do you plan to get the the DLC for your kids? Are they like clamoring for it? Uh, yeah, they'll they'll really they'll bugging me <laughs> to get. Oh yes, yes, one hundred percent. That's happening. That's awesome. I'm. I'm looking forward to this. As somebody who played Sword and Shield uh, at launch and kind of fell off of it super quickly, I think that the thing that the the thing that kept me from sticking with the game was the fact that like the the post story content didn't necessarily feel aimed towards me. Like all the the wild area stuff didn't really appeal to me. Um, the Gigantamax stuff didn't really appeal to me. Like a lot of the a lot of those things felt like they're aimed towards like a, a more hardcore um uh fan base and so you know with this including new story content and also well with isle of armor including new story content we haven't gotten um uh confirmation yet that tomorrow is going to be isle of armor but with with the dlc plans seeming to be actual actual content that appeals to me as far as the new galarian forms and the um uh new pokemon being added overall and a new legendary pokemon i'm all about it uh i'm curious to see what we get tomorrow uh, I I imagine it is just going to be more clarification on the olive armor and probably a more of a deep dive deep dive into the the crown tundra, which is coming out this fall. Um, and so if that's the case, cool. I'm looking forward to it. Sounds dope. Paris, I'm very excited to see what the future of Pokemon is and what this DLC might hold. But tomorrow is so far away. If I want to know what's coming coming to mom and Grop shops today, where would I look? Well, the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Out today, we got Do Not Feed the Monkeys for Switch, which Kevin, I, I haven't asked you to do this in a, in a hot minute. Can you look up Do Not Feed the Monkeys for Switch? Because I'm very curious I'm on, on what that might be. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, we also got Star Runner for PC, Deep Sea for PC, Box Voyage for PC, Hearts Island for PC, Fear of the Dark for PC, Space Simulation Toolkit for PC, uh, and APOC Runner for PC. All out today. New dates. Baldur's Gate 3 news will be dropping throughout the month of June, starting June 6th on the hashtag Gorilla Collective showcase that's happening uh the june 6th remember grill collective partnering with kind of funny uh and the kind of funny game showcase to reveal games so tune in for that kevin how are we looking do not feed the monkeys for switch uh i'm almost there give me give me one more minute this doesn't look right give me... wait really the, what, well, what, you're, just... what you're looking up uh, let's see let's see while we're here, uh, Paris, do you have you played or are you into Baldur's Gate at all? Back in the day, I was. Um, I've kept my eye on Baldur's Gate three coming out. So yeah, when once we get more information on it, I, I, I will de- to it. give that a peek. Yeah, Kevin, is this it? I believe so. And we're looking at do not feed the monkeys on Switch. I can't tell what this is. Adventure game maybe like it's just like a bunch of like like the, the okay so we're looking at the trailer and the trailer is just like a bunch of different images and it looks like it looks like you're looking at a desktop with like a lot of pixel art going on yeah it seems like it's adventure gameish oh got a little graphic okay. there huh yeah they got a little bit graphic 
uh, sure. there. Let's not, let's not talk about it anymore. All right, Greg, or, uh, Kevin, you can put this away. Do not feed the monkeys. If you're curious about that, that's on Switch. It's out today. Um, there you go. Uh, now it's time for Reader Mail. You can write into patreon.com slash games where you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Brooklinen. Did you know that making small changes to your everyday life can lead to huge positive changes to your lifestyle? The right towel turns a bathroom into a spa. The right loungewear turns a function into a luxury. And the right bedding turns a bed into a retreat. You know Brooklinen as the internet's favorite sheets, but they're also home to bedding, loungewear, towels, and more uh, with over 50,000 plus five-star reviews and counting. Kind of funny loves Brooklinen. Uh, they're luxury products. At, they are luxury products at a good or at a low price. And Tim loves that he can get the right colors to match his room. He also says that they're comfortable and you can always trust Tim Gettys of Kind of Funny. Brooklinen was the first direct-to-consumer bedding company. They work directly with manufacturers and directly with customers. No middlemen, just a great product and service. All luxury products without the luxury markup, brooklinen.com is the perfect place to start making small changes that make big differences. Brooklinen is so confident in their products that all their sheets, comforters, loungewear, and towels come with a lifetime warranty. Go on, make yourself comfortable, uh, get 10% off with your first order. Order and you use the promo code GAMES only at brooklinen.com. Brooklinen, everything you need to live your most comfortable life. Paris. Yes. Patrick Higgins writes into patreon.com slash games just like you can and says, Hey guys, with all that's going on across the country and with EA canceling its Madden event in response, I'm curious as to whether you guys think Sony will slash should push its, its PS5 event on Thursday. I noticed Blessing said on PS I Love You that knowing the event was coming gave him something to look forward to. I think I feel the same. But has that changed at all since Friday? Thanks for all you do and hope everyone is keeping safe. Patrick Higgins. Paris. Do you think that there's a chance or do you think that they even should push the PS5 event that's happening on Thursday? I do not. And I think more than ever now, we need an event like that to try and give people a a happy distraction from the things that's going on in the world and allow us to come together and celebrate something we all love, which which is gaming. Right. So absolutely. I want to see the PlayStation 5 reveal stay on Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific. And uh, so we can all watch it and see what they have to show. I think pushing it back just, you know, it's just going to bum people out even more. So I'd rather them stay the course and keep it where it is. Yeah, I'm I'm 100% with you. Um, I'm pulling up a Twitter. Um, <laughs> the Twitter account, stick with me, uh, at Hot Girl, Hot Girl Videos 69. Now, we've talked about this Twitter account on the show before because Hot Girl 69 on Twitter has broken like fucking scoops, like video game scoops, because apparently they got like the inside, the insider information. Um, there's a, there's a, a Vice Games article written about them. Uh, they're, they're fairly legit. They tweeted this out yesterday, and I'm trying to find it because they, they, they talked about uh, the PlayStation event. Uh, give me one second as i scroll through uh let's see oh i'm looking at a tweet from her here that says unless something crazier happens that ps hashtag ps5 event is still on uh will happen this thursday she tweeted that nine minutes ago she had a tweet earlier that was essentially i think i'm looking at it right now um she tweeted just told just told from a somewhat reliable source 
um, not a dude that pays me to hum humiliate him, uh, that it's more likely than now that Sony will, will reschedule the PS5 reveal if protests are quite active in the beginning of the week. Um, also, not just because Sony is aware of the obvious optics, but some of the games from, from some publishers uh, that will be revealed may end up being problematic looking, looking in problematic looking in light of current events, unless trailers and gameplay for those items are cut. Uh, or recut shown slash talked about differently. Um, and again, all that with a grain of salt. I'm reading from a Twitter account called Hot Girl Video 69. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I I think that's an that, like that's an interesting tidbit to pull into this conversation because I don't think I, at this point I don't think they're 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 pushing. I think given the state of the world over the last six months, uh, any time to reveal the PlayStation 5 is probably going to be a terrible time. <laughs> like I don't think there's I don't think there's a yeah. such good thing as good as good timing uh this year at this point and so like you imagine they've already had to adjust plans and switch things up because of COVID-19 and now that protests are happening like you know it it's one of those things where it fucking sucks that that uh you had to figure out how to announce things during this time but I think at a certain point you just go like hey we can push it to next week, but next week, like this is still going to be happening. Next week, COVID is still going to be a thing. Like, let's just shit or get off the pot, right? And I imagine that that's 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 kind of where the conversation is. That said, I could see a case where if what Hot Girls video, Hot Girls, Hot Girl Video sixty nine here is saying, if there is like a trailer in there that is like, I don't know, like some sort of revolution kind of thing, or it is like a protest, like riot kind of like focused trailer. Um, maybe like there's like a Watchdogs Legion thing in there that that is cut in a certain way that kind of makes it appear kind of weird right now. I could see that being recut or being being um, maybe cut entirely from the show. I don't know, um, but I think that's kind of what you're gonna get at most. And I like to what I said on PS Love You also like, you know, I think and also to what Paris is saying, I think people could 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 use this right. I think people could use some sort of distraction, some sort of like thing to look forward to. Um, and so, yeah, I think I I think it's still on. The Devmeister writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can and says, so we've had Paper Mario announced for the next big Nintendo first party game, and I'm stoked. Microsoft and Sony have their new console slowly unveiling, but what do you think Nintendo's major E3 style reveal for holiday 2020 is going to be? Paris. That what? is such a fascinating question. Yeah, because I have no clue. <laughs> what Nintendo is going to do and how they're going to present it. I can say selfishly, I hope the rumored Mario was a 35th anniversary collection is yeah, real. And I, and I hope Mario galaxy is in it because I'm dying to have, be able to play that on my switch. But yeah, it's, it, it's fascinating because is, is Nintendo going to like not try to quote unquote compete with PlayStation five and series X and their launch lineups and kind of have a, subdued holiday this year or do they have a big release that they're sitting on that we just have no clue about and they'll have their own nintendo direct to show it no idea absolutely no yeah. idea other than the rumors we got in reports that nintendo isn't showing anything in uh, nintendo's not having a direct uh in in june and in july according to reports that we've gotten um which tells me that yeah like paper mario is their next thing to look forward to right at the beginning of this year that was animal crossing animal crossing was like the only thing that that they had on the slate now that animal crossing's out you announce paper mario all right that's that's the thing that you can look forward to i think i think we're at the point now where yeah we might have to wait until paper mario comes out for nintendo to point us to the next thing 
Yep. Um, which I think is unfortunate. I think that's just a sign of like overall this year for Nintendo has just been um kind of a wash as far as like where their games lineup is. Like I think I don't know if they if they knew this towards the beginning of the year or if COVID maybe came into play and then fucked up their their pipeline. But it very much seems to me that like, yeah, towards the beginning, the year was, the year was already looking weak. And now that we're approaching now that we're in, that we're literally in June, right? And, and approaching the summer, um, and getting further into the year, I imagine I feel like they have to have some sort of fall game. Like they could get away with not having a fall game, but if if they don't, that's a huge bummer. Like that's a huge bummer. Um, and I imagine the thinking there might be, hey, Xbox Series X and PS Five are coming out. Let's let's have those consoles have the noise and make all the noise and let's not let's not try to interfere with interfere with that um if that's the case you know once again i think that's a bummer uh i think i'm i i could very well see the the mario collection being the thing that comes out this fall uh that holds the flag for nintendo um and like i'm trying to think of what else i know mario golf was was rumored which isn't really a huge title by any means but could be a great like august game maybe a september game uh, let it hold that luigi's mansion uh um time period i'm 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 very curious i'm very curious do you, do you have like a dream game that you'd be looking for that you that you want from nintendo for them to announce let's say in, in uh august yes for the fall? super mario galaxy 3 oh my god <laughs> I, I, i'm such a simple person when it comes to that i just i just love i just love those games and and i and I, while odyssey was great i loved odyssey I would love to see a true Galaxy game come out on on Switch. So, did you yeah, like? Do you like Galaxy more so than Odyssey? Yes. Yeah, I did. And and again, nothing. nothing I thought Odyssey Fair. was too easy. A little, you know, you know what I mean. I I, I felt I like it didn't challenge me enough. Where I thought Galaxy cha- challenged me more. Um, and and I'll just say if this this uh, Mario uh, pack is true. Um, I will go revisit Sunshine because I did not like Sunshine at the time. And maybe I just need to give it another look because I see so many people say they love Mario Sunshine. But I just remember at the time I, I didn't get it. And I just I think I stopped halfway through and never finished. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat as you as far as I. So, you know, Mario is one of my favorite franchises. I fucking love Mario. I've never I've I've never played through Sunshine. Like I've I've touched Sunshine a little bit, but I've actually never like played through it because growing up I never owned a GameCube. And so I have like this this uh this gap of like Nintendo um experience from the GameCube era uh, era. And so if yeah, if this if this 3D collection ends up having Sunshine, like 64 Sunshine Galaxy, I'm definitely going to play through Sunshine yeah. for the first time uh, cuz that'd be awesome. Um what do you think is more likely that we get as far as like a next 3d mario like do you think they would go back to galaxy 3 or do you think we'll likely get odyssey 2 yeah i think odyssey 2 is more realistic um again it, it was a great game i mean it was a game of the year contender i'm not saying it, it's bad at all um, had a, i really enjoyed it so i would just see them keeping that momentum going maybe if i give a suggestion just up the challenge just a tad <laughs> but just other than tad. that yeah it, it was good now it's time to squad up the dev meister devin wrote in with a squad up on switch and says hey guys this is a desperate plea for help in animal crossing my friend and my friends and family circle doesn't really doesn't really game and i only knew i only know a few people that have animal crossing and i'm not on twitter so unfortunately i'm completely shuttered from this broken economy everyone so easily takes advantage of and profits heavily 
The stock market is terrible on my island, and I've had to sell uh, turnips at a loss three weeks in a row now. I'm struggling to make bells and need KFBFs to, uh, to help me share turnips, uh, turnips prices and islands. If you're still playing, add me and help. Thanks. And of course, their switch friend code will be in the YouTube video description. Um, but for me to read it, out, read it out loud here, the switch code goes as follows. 8247-7649-7098. Nintendo, let us have usernames. It's time. It's ridiculous that I have to read friend codes. Um, and nobody ever memorizes their friend code. And so that's always a hassle. Now it's time. Well, actually, before I get to you wrong, because we have time in this episode. Uh, we, have, we have time to kill. Paris, we're here. Um, of course kind of funny this week we want, we want to highlight black voices um of course we talked about it toward toward the beginning beginning of the show uh and greg has a great tweet on it where he he talks about the fact that as kind of funny right we have uh we have a platform we want to use that platform for good and we want to highlight black voices in the gaming community i'm putting you on the spot paris and this is going to be uh one of the ro- rotating segments of the show um i'm adding i'm adding one in paris who is a a, a black voice in the video games industry that you admire and that you think deserves love. Yeah, you put me on the spot because I almost don't want to put it down to one person because I think there's so many amazing people out there. But I I, I am going to, since you asked an individual, I'm going to get an individual and it looks like you're going to have this individual on tomorrow. And that's Khalif Adams. That's Khalif Adams over at Spawn on Me. I, I'm, I'm going to say him specifically because he's been such a beacon of light in the gaming community. And he's done such great work with Spawn on Me to kind of highlight the discussions that we have had to have this week and this weekend about Black Lives Matters and just social injustice and everything that's going on in the world. So I think if anyone could use the signal boost to get the word out there. It is spawn on me and it is Khalif Adams. So him more than anyone, I would say I, I, w- I would love to see more people get some eyeballs on his work and, and understand the good that he's doing in the world. Yeah, I echo that 100%. And of course, we were going to be able to listen to Khalif Adams. He's going to be on the show tomorrow. But both me and you, we were on spot on me last week uh, to talk about everything going on, right? To talk about George Floyd, to talk about um, uh, the protests, to talk about uh, even Amy Cooper and like all, all the things going on, right? And it was a very, very real, very raw discussion. Yes. One that like, even like the, the night after, the, or the morning after having that discussion, I woke up feeling like I had just had a, uh, feeling like I had a hangover, right? And I, had, I hadn't drank anything the night before. It was, just, it was just one of those things where like, you know, the day or that night talking it through, right, was very refreshing and very like, raw and yeah like it was just one of those things where by by the time by the time i logged off it was like going it was it felt like going through a journey it felt like going through a lot uh, i highly recommend people go listen to that of course uh spawn on me's twitch is twitch.tv slash spawn on me i'm sure you can find the the um podcast feed if you just look up spawn on me on any of your podcast platforms um and yeah Khalif is all is doing great work and also, like as an extra shout, shout out to Khalif, right? When I first started making content, when I first actually started OK Beast in like 2016, uh, it was probably about a year in, right? Where I was still early into making content. Uh, Khalif was one of the first people I remember, like first people in the industry that like hit me up and was like, "Hey, like I see what you're, I see what you're doing." Like, you know, he 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 boosted me up. He retweeted my uh my videos my video essays that i was doing uh khalif showed 
an enormous amount of support. And he was like one of the he was one of the early earliest people to that. Um, as far as like noticing my content and wanting to to highlight and showcase me, despite me being like, you know, a dude who was brand new into making content at the time. Um, and so yeah, shout out to Khalif Adams. Everybody should go follow him um, at Kajakins on Twitter. Um, maybe type in Khalif Adams; he'll he'll pop up if you can't spell Kajakins. Um, look up, look up nasty oven ribs. He pops right up. Is a picture of oh, him yeah. holding some burnt, greasy oven ribs right there on the front page. That's all if you, you open. Do. If you open the, up the dictionary and look up nasty, <laughs> nasty ribs, Khalif Adams, fa- Khalif Adams' face actually pops up. It's crazy. It's wild how that works. Um, dictionary.com. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it, uh, as we get it wrong. Uh, let's see here. Charles Jacobson says the latest Bethesda VR title was Wolfenstein Cyber Pilot, which launched on July 25th, 2019. Wow, I didn't realize that was so recent. I thought that was 2018. Uh, so there you go. Bethesda still churning out this, them VR titles. Thank you for that. Uh, let's see here. Oh, Frank Furter talking about um, the monkey game we showed earlier. Hold on. Um, do not feed the monkeys. Uh, Frank Furter writes in and says, basically, you're a bunch of scientific monkeys spying on humans and studying them. It's an odd game. So there you go. Uh, looking through, you're wrong. Uh, ACAB writes in and says, uh, you said the PlayStation event was at 2. It's at 1 p.m. Uh, so there you go. It's happening at 1 p.m. I thought I said 1 p.m. If I said 2, I apologize. That is happening um, at 1 p.m. on Thursday, Pacific time. So there you go. Uh, this week's hosts go like this. Tomorrow, it's me and Khalif Adams, Espanomy. And in parentheses, I guess Greg added this. He says, uh, who makes great ribs in the oven? Yes, I saw that. And so That's I don't I know who to believe here. That's why I, I don't know. That. I'm going to be honest. I was talking shit earlier. I've never had Khalif's ribs. And so, like, I can't, I can't be a judge. But yeah, according to Paris, they're terrible. According to Greg, they're great. And so, like, I don't know, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Wednesday, it's uh, Gabe from Married to the Games is joining me. Uh, so stay or so tune in for that. Thursday, this one is exciting, y'all. Thursday, the Commish and WWE superstar Xavier Woods is joining the show, uh, which is which is absolutely hype. For, so tune in for that. That's happening this Thursday, and then Friday is Khalif Adams again. Uh, from Spawn on Me, uh, he's back to dig into the PS5 news. Paris, thank you again uh, for joining me. Again, plug your plug your stuff so that people know where to find you. Okay, so you can find me on Twitter at Vicious696. I'm rambling about everything. There's links to all, all the stuff that I do in, in my profile, but I'm also part of Gamertag Radio. You can find us over at GamertagRadio.com. Obviously, links to your favorite rss feed spotify etc to download our audio podcast and i will selfishly also say please check out my youtube channel i hate the url and youtube won't let me change it but if you go to my twitter account you can find you can find the url or you can just search my name in youtube paris p-a-r-r-i-s um i am a huge cyberpunk 2077 fan so yeah uh, you are yeah so when night city wire (laughs) drops on uh, June 11th, I'm planning to uh, do a live stream. So anyone, I know, I'm sure you guys are going to do one too. But if anyone wants to join me and see me screaming for an hour, there you go. You can come join me and we can watch Cyberpunk together. 
Awesome. Uh, and of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the dirty news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the server level of patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily. <laughs>